Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me solopreneur, coach, and owner of DOS Knowledge, Henry DOS. You can learn more about Henry at his website at dosknowledge.com, which is spelled D-A-A-S knowledge.com. Henry, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Happy New Year. Yeah, I know. Happy New Year. I have to ask you, um, do you feel any different from 2020? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yes, I feel um, uh, revitalized, I guess, uh, optimistic that um, once we get through and get to the warm weather again, that hopefully the worst will be passed. So I didn't, <laughs> yeah. have, that, I didn't have that optimism back in March, but um, I'm, I'm, this is what I'm going with. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think um, someone said it to me. Someone said this to me that I thought was really profound. They said, um, you know, 2020, I thought I was going to like kind of look outward and 2020, you know, kind of like achieve my goals, follow my dreams, like, you know, uh, uh, really attain all these opportunities that I had laid out for me that I thought I did. But because of 2020, I've had to learn to look inward. And I think that l- last year, a lot of people uh, did that and started to just kind of focus more so on what we ha- what they had, as opposed to what they wanted to have, you know, like being more closer to family, um, you know, having a better relationship with oneself. <laughs> and so um, I, I've come to take it for 2021. For me, it's more so about the attitude and, and kind of always trying to find the silver lining in, um, in everything and saying like, hey, yeah, 2020 was a weird year. It might not be any different, but it's all in the mindset, right? At least that's what I like to tell myself. <laughs> well, we, we, just, we just moved, like physically moved. I actually had the movers here yesterday, first, mm. first like, work day of the year. We're moving, we moved from New Jersey to Connecticut. So it's a whole new change for us. So... Yeah, we're optimistic about it while bearing in mind that lots and lots of people are are suffering still. Yeah, and it's not going to for a while. So we do have to, um, uh, you know, we do have to be humble a bit, especially for you know people who feel like they're they're part of the the privileged set. Yeah, absolutely. One thing that I had felt about last year is um, in a weird way, a sense of guilt that uh, hearing that people were losing their jobs or opportunities left and right. Like I was kind of just going up in a, you know, progressive, like upward spiral in terms of my career and everything. And I think it kind of gave me this anxiety to actually be a workaholic. (laughs) And so the good news is that at the end of the year, I took like three weeks off to just take, it was my birthday month, December. So I was like, I'm going to just take it easy. Uh, My husband and I went on an RV road trip and it really gave me the, um, you know, it, it really revitalized me to show up in, in 2021. So feeling really good. Um, and you know, again, just excited to be chatting with you today, Henry. Cool. Yeah. Well, Henry, for people that are hearing about your company for the first time, DOS knowledge, tell us mm-hmm. a little bit about what you do and who you love to serve. Okay. Um, I'll give you a brief background. So like I, like you said, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I started my first business. Uh, I guess now it's officially 30 years ago. Wow. Uh, so I had a series of businesses, some good, some bad. Uh, one that I refer to as an ignominious failure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know in 20 minutes whether we can get into that. <laughs> uh, um, 
But about 10 years ago, I started coaching. Um, I turned 50. I said, what's the, the next act of my life going to be? Even though I felt like I'd had, you know, eight or nine acts already. Um, and so I actually sat down and created what I call a purposeful business as opposed to an opportunistic business where business mm. just in my lap. I actually sat down and crafted a business for the first time in my life. And um, I said, yeah, coaching, it checks all the boxes for me. It's location independent. Um, could be, you know, you can do it, you know, anywhere. I've coached people on every continent except Antarctica. So, mm, wow. Uh, so that's actually, you know, there was a lot of things about it that I found very, very appealing. And, you know, it's one of those things that I can die with my boots on when I'm 80 years old in the middle of a coaching call. You know, it's just something that you can do as long as you have clients. So, yeah. Um, I, and I really appreciate the, um, uh, you know, this sort of sense of camaraderie that entrepreneurs have because mm-hmm. it's a rare breed. You know, a lot of people try it. They failed. They never go back. My father was one of those. My father-in-law, mm-hmm. one of those. Uh, it's tough. You're working without a net. So mm-hmm. having that support, uh, I support my clients, but in a large, to a large degree, my clients support me. So it's very synergistic. I like how you say that, um, you know, maybe the average person, the reason why uh, they choose employment um, is because there's sort of that net. There's something they can fall back on in a sense. Right. Um, although, in my opinion, I think that's just a false perception of security. Exactly. I'm, I'm with you 100%. I believe <laughs> it's actually much riskier to work for someone else. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, and I appreciate you talking about like how entrepreneurship is kind of this rare breed. Um, I've been in, I've been kind of dabbling in the space for like a decade now. And even, even so I'm still, I still feel like I'm trying to figure it out. But every time I feel tempted to go back to a job, I get like, I freak out. I'm like, oh no, I can't, I can't like, I mean, nowadays, like people aren't sitting in a cubicle, but you know, just, just the thought of working for someone else. I think it's just been so ingrained in me to just, you know, focus on dictating my time and the way that I approach things. It's like, I just can't go back, <laughs> you know, to that kind of lifestyle. Well, here's the, here's the, the dirty little secret. You are still working in a cubicle, only it happens to be your home, right? People, uh, people talk about work from home. I say, no, you're, you're living at your office. <laughs> Hey, I mean, touche. <laughs> one thing I one thing I learned um, in the Rich Dad Poor Dad book uh, by Robert Kiyosaki is that, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. when people transition from employee to self-employed, they're really just owning their job. And the whole idea is to try to make it to the other side of the quadrant, whether it's being a business owner or like an investor of sorts. Well, what I've said many times is um, a lot of entrepreneurs uh, create a job that they can't quit. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of the the holy grail is to be able to obsolete yourself. And there's a lot of coaches who've talked about, you know, go on a two month vacation and come back and and nothing's changed. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that really is the holy grail. But the, the truth is when you talk to entrepreneurs, it's like, yeah, that might be great in theory, but no, that's not what I want to do. A friend of mine slacked me an article a few weeks ago saying that the number one reason that people become entrepreneurs is they need to have a purpose and they don't feel that working in cubicle world uh, aligns with their goals in terms of a purpose, right? People talk about money, it's about the freedom, it's about all of these things. But the ones who I believe are successful, because I do agree with that, you have to have a purpose for what it is you're doing. You know, one thing that I've... um, 
I come to learn in interviewing a lot of entrepreneurs in 2020 is um, a lot of them who've actually pivoted and thrived. And I think that um, in, in, in addition to what you said, like having a purpose, having a purpose in your business, um, I think the ones that do survive, just like you said, are those that have purpose. Um, and also not just about, you know, building their business. I think a lot of people last year um, who couldn't adapt, um, maybe they, maybe they created a stable way to like run their business that when everything changed, they just didn't, they didn't know how to pivot because they were already stable, you know, and, and maybe, you know, in my opinion, maybe that's probably why a lot of them had struggled or had to unfortunately shut down. Well, I think what they probably failed to realize is what by being, as you call it, stable, they were in fact managing decline, right? Wow. Because <laughs> there is, there's no such thing as stability. Yeah. Oh, if I just did my business. I remember <clears throat> I was speaking to a coaching client and early on and I said, you know, what's your goal? Make $10 million. So mm. I said, poof, I'm the magical coach fairy. I just magically gave you $10 million. So now, what's your goal? And I got this incredibly long pause, and he said, very sheepishly, $50 million? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> you need to work on some goal-setting exercises here. Yeah, yeah. money, of course. Uh, in many cases, it rules the day, but I believe there has to be more to it. Yeah. You know, Henry... Oh, sorry. Go ahead and finish your thought. <laughs> where you just have to ask yourself some fundamental questions. And by the tide going out with COVID, it provided people, as you alluded to, with an opportunity for a little introspection and to say, hey, am I really, uh, really you know, doing the things that I want to do? I mean, I think the Marie Kondo, the whole things that bring you joy, because my wife is a little bit of a, of a hoarder as we're just <laughs> moving. We've got tons and tons of stuff um, to move. Uh, and I think people got to, to the realization that says, yeah, are, th are these parts of my life? Uh, so to a large degree, it was, I mean, there was massive human suffering and we don't want to um, um, shortchange that. Yeah. But I think for people, it gave them an opportunity, like you said, to look inward and really reassess, is this how I want to live my life? Because as I've often said many, many times, you ain't getting a do-over. Mm -hmm. One years old. I tell my wife all the time, I got 20 decent years left, maybe 10. Um, I don't want to squander it doing stupid stuff. <laughs> bring, my, bring me joy. So that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, simple enough. You know, Henry, one thing you brought up early in the conversation is that when you hit 50, you decided to transition from building opportunistic businesses to purposeful businesses. So let's dive deep into that. For people that are hearing that for the first time, what is the difference? And why did you choose to go like, and I, and I think it'd be good to explain to our listeners, like, what does it mean to have a purposeful business? Because you could just say it, but what, what would that look like in practice? Right. Well, well let's, let's tackle the first one first, opportunistic business, or what I often call an accidental business, mm. right? My first business that started, I was, a, I was an Apple computer dealer back in the day, long before, you know, Apple stores and all that stuff, when you actually had to apply to Apple to become what was called a valuated reseller. Mm. Uh, and they had a gigantic network of, you know, of 3,000 of these. And it was you know, pretty prestigious. And it gave you the opportunity to buy their product through, through the distribution channel instead of buying, buying stuff through the, what they would call the gray market. I don't mm -hmm. know what you call that rabbit hole, but I think people understand. You can buy directly from someone at, at, at good prices, or you can buy from a medium, you know, you know middleman 
um, and you and you're going to pay a little bit of a premium for that. So mm-hmm. it was really really um, important for us to be able to get a direct channel to Apple. But that was an accidental business. A mm. friend of mine said. Um, I need some computers. I'm having a hard time sourcing them. I was a computer guy. Oh, let me give it a crack. I went out, used my resources, got it, um, got the deal done. Before you know it, he started feeding me businesses. I did it as a side hustle for a year and a half. I did over a half million dollars worth of business. I turned Mm -hmm. to my wife and said, this is a real business. Uh, I'm quitting my job down on Wall Street and we're going to, I'm going to do this. Mm. And she um, she backed me up, <laughs> whether she, whether she really wanted to or not. Uh, <laughs> we just celebrated our 30th wedding anniversary on New Year's wow. Eve. Wow. Uh, Congratulations. Oh, no, make it through. Um, <laughs> and that really started it. And then I had other businesses very similar to that. It's usually a guy needs something. And I mm-hmm. say, yeah, I can seize on that opportunity and make a few bucks. Got um, it. Real estate business or whatever. But then you get to a point where it's like, okay, um, what would it look like if I actually sat down with a piece of paper and wrote a old fashioned pros and cons list about the things that, that I want? Mm -hmm. Um, I use something I wrote about, I wrote a book called FQ financial intelligence. And if you go to my website, you can actually find a link in there to download it for, for free. Mm -hmm. So I have a, a whole program for, for teaching personal finance. Um, I call it, I call it the three legged stool. Hmm. Um, right. So it's the idea that uh, a lot of people create a business, which will be a one legged stool. They're only, they're only handling one part of, of, of what you need to do in a business. So there, so there are really three things and I've used this a lot with my clients as well, uh, especially when it comes to hiring. Mm-hmm. So there are three, three buckets, three legs of the stool. What must I have? Mm-hmm. What would I really like to have? And what can I not have under any circumstances? So those are the things. Now, Sometimes people will say, I must have this, which means I can't not have this. And that's not what I'm talking about mm. with, the, with the third bucket. You know, what are the deal breakers? So that's what I did. I sat down and I, and, I, and I outlined it. I said, I want to be, like I said, location independent. Uh, I don't want to be responsible for a large um, uh, balance sheet and income statement. Just mm. my own for my little practice, mm-hmm. right? Other things that I'd like to have, I, I, I only want to work with A players. Mm. Could be, a, could be a, a must have, but I put it in the would like to have. You know, you don't want to rule out everybody in the world. Um, and the deal breakers is something like uh, I've had clients ask me to invest in their businesses. Mm-hmm. Not going to do that. Not going to work with people who are looking for me to be an investor in their business because it changes the nature of the relationship. Mm. Um, so you can do the, and you can use the three-legged stool for just about anything, right? If you want to make a purchase, ask yourself, you know, what must I have? You know, we just bought a new car as well as buying a new house. What must I have? Got to have four-wheel drive. You know, <laughs> what would I like to have? All these fancy, fancy doodads. You know, what can't I have? Uh, you know, it can't be a junky brand that's going to break down. Something yeah. simple like that. So that is a, um, that's very different than the accidental business. Um, and there are pros and cons to both. Um, mm-hmm. Accidental business, sometimes you, you've got the, the thing that you really need most, which is sales. Right. right? right. Sales fell on my lap. Mm-hmm. Right. What's the hardest thing about running business? Getting people to open up their wallet and give you money. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so that's, that's good in that regard. Uh, purposeful business, it, everything might be beautiful. It could be, 
vetted by Harvard MBAs and Wharton grads and whatever, and it could fall flat on its face. Right, right. <laughs> right? Because you had no idea whether anybody wanted mm. what it is that you had to offer. At least with the accidental business, there's at least one person or one company that wants what you have. The question yeah. is, is that enough to build a brand and to build a, a, a real sustainable business? That's what yeah. you have to determine. Well, I'm curious to know, um, I know for you as a coach, Henry, you like to take businesses to the next level. And I'm curious right. to know, um, does the next level, um, you know, is one of it helping them identify if they're, if they have an opportunistic business or a purposeful business? Um, you know, if not, like, what is typically your approach, you know, to take your, your clientele to the next level? Well, usually by the time they get to me, that's already, that's already in the rear view mirror. Mm. You know, they've already hung up. I, I don't, I am working with a startup right now, but that's rare. I'm usually mm. working with companies that are either seven figures or approaching seven figures. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's 30 million businesses in America and only about 4% of them, 4% of them will ever get past a million dollars in a given year. So it's mm-hmm. pretty rarefied air. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not unusual for me to get to somebody who's been in business for a couple of years and it's kind of hitting a wall, right? They've hit a plateau. They're doing well, they've got some head count. Um, but the entrepreneur is just thinking to themselves that uh, there's gotta be more to this. There's, there's yeah. something I'm missing. So they need someone to come in and, and either take their blinders on, I mean, mm-hmm. take their blinders off, um, sorry, if, um, uh, if they need to, if they're not seeing the whole world, or in some cases, put their blinders on because they're they're dealing with shiny object syndrome mm-hmm. and they can't stay focused. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference in a practice like mine is it's very bespoke. It's very custom. Mm-hmm. I adapt myself as an adaptable being to them and then use my skills to figure out, you know, which which levers we can pull that are going to work for them uh, as opposed to someone who has a system Mm-hmm. right? Five steps, follow these, the world will be yours. Mm-hmm. Well, if your brain works that way, uh, that would be, you know, that would be great. But, you know, maybe one out of 10 or one out of 20 people can actually follow through. And uh, the rest of the people will say, yeah, there's some good stuff in here, but I, I can't implement it. I didn't become an entrepreneur because I wanted to follow a formula, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If I wanted to do that, I would have bought a franchise. I mean, that's, right. the, that's the miracle of franchises. Anyone can do it. Anyone who can follow a formula. My brother-in-law bought himself a franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, and the funny thing about it is he's a very creative and innovative guy. And of course he ran into trouble mm-hmm. because he wanted to do all these things, but it's like, that's not how a franchise works. Mm-hmm. He actually lost the franchise because he butted heads with the franchisor and they basically fired him because it's like, you, you can't do all the things that you're doing here. That's not part of the agreement. Read yeah. your contract. Right, right. Yeah, it's like the franchise comes with sp- uh, specific instructions and you're not supposed to. Get- they do. Look, there's 30, <laughs> what is it? 30,000 McDonald's um, around the world, probably more than that. Not a mm-hmm. single one of them has ever gone out of business. Yeah. That's pretty astounding. That's because their formula is rock solid. Yeah. But if you're a creative type, uh, you might find yourself a little you know, a little bit straight jacketed with that. So you have to think about that. 
Yeah, no, I, I feel like you definitely gave a lot of uh, things to think about today, Henry. And uh, I, hate that we, I hate that we have to wrap up soon, but let me know, is there any other, uh, anything else you want people to know about DOS knowledge or any other, you know, parting advice you want to share with our listeners today who are small business owners and entrepreneurs? Well, yeah, well, go, you know, go to my website. I have a bunch of things that I give away, five reasons, you know, they're mm-hmm. like 20, 30 page PDFs. My friends all tell me, no one's ever going to read that. It's like, I don't know. I like writing them. You never There's know. <laughs> some, I like to keep them uh, light, uh, but have a lot of value in them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 10 things to ask when hiring a coach, five reasons small business fails. You know, I give away a lot of what, what I guess you would call my IP, my intellectual property, but I like to do that. Um, you know, you can go on, you can sign up for a strategy session. We can talk, figure out what your, what your issues are. Um, I wish I had hired a coach sooner. I didn't hire a coach until I'd already built a $4 million company with a business Mm -hmm. partner. And I decided that I didn't want to be his business partner anymore. Um, that's a story for a whole other podcast. (laughs) And that kicked me in the butt that says, I need somebody to help me figure out what it is that I'm going to, I'm going to do here. I'm a little bit like a doctor and they're in the idea that most people just don't go until something's broken. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot to be said for well care. Let's try not to get sick. Right. Right. How about we regularly go to the doctor so we can head things off. Right. And make some, make some changes. Uh, you need to lose some weight. You need to change your diet. Bah, bah, bah. Let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's, let's do that before you become a diabetic, right? Mm-hmm. And that's coming from someone who is a type two diabetic. So I know of what I speak. Right. Uh, things like that. Happy yeah. to chat with anybody, anytime. Yeah, definitely. Well, Henry, thank you so much for being here today on The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I really enjoyed our conversation today. I did too. Thank you so much. Good. And once again, to our listeners, this is Henry Doss, who is a solopreneur and coach at Doss Knowledge. You can learn more about him at his website, dossknowledge.com, which is spelled D-A-A-S and the word knowledge.com. Thank you all so much for joining us and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag UpMyInfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. 
Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.